Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I am JQ. I'm recording this in my garage as it's the only quiet place in the entire house. Not much to talk about this week. I came second in a comedy competition a couple of weeks ago, which was nice. And then died on my ass at the Cavendish Arms and never even got bought a drink. So comedy's going well, guys. Uh, let's get on with this week's show. It's the wonderful Catherine Ferns. Catherine! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. We're in the show now. We're in the show now. Oh, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Just suddenly go, hey. I know. Welcome to K-Rock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new reality. Yeah. It's a bit weird doing a podcast, but it's fun. No, it is fun. You'll, you'll be all right at the end, don't worry. You're, you're trying to warn me that something <laughs> bad is going to happen. Don't worry. It will be painless. Uh, you, you've had your regulation biscuits and hot drink before the start. Yes, thank you. I know. I'm, I'm a high-maintenance uh, guest. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm allergic to chocolate. I'm yeah. allergic to coffee. I'm allergic to anything with milk. And uh, we found a happy medium with jammy, jammy Dodgers. Well, I was going to give you last week's Jammy Dodgers, but... Well, They've you. all gone, so okay. <laughs> I get some more. <laughs> so I saw you at Pegasus last week. Yes, was I drunk? No, I can't remember. No, you were pensive before you were. You just sort of sit there going, mm. Mm, "It's not the best gig in the world to <laughs> see someone for the first time." But it was alright. I thought it was alright. <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, Richard is very sweet and, mm-hmm. and is a good host, and it's yes. a good place to try out new stuff. And... I, I find it's a good place just to go and say what's in your head. Yeah, but don't worry about whether it's gonna get yeah. a laugh or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i actually i think i'm there next week ah so I've, I've rewritten a bunch of parts of my show yeah so i need to try them out before uh, anyone important sees them <laughs> not that anyone's important is going to come to my show i'm just Ooh. imagining that it's going to be a big the event. audience is always important yes every audience member is a wonderful important <laughs> contribution to the Hate self hatred that I endure every day. Um, <laughs> so you hail from the lands of Canada. Oh, Canada! Oh, Canada! <laughs> why, why did you come over here? Um, I have a huge student loan that I can't pay. Ah, so, that, so that's all true in your set, isn't it? <laughs> yes. People always ask me, "Is that part of the joke true?" I'm like, unfortunately, most of my jokes are very true, yeah. and uh, I have to joke about it because otherwise I'll cry. But. Um, no, I mean, uh, being Canadian, it, it's sort of hard to go over to the States. They make you do a lot of paperwork. So mm-hmm. coming over here, I had the British passport because yeah. my parents are British. So it seemed... Welcome home. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I started stand-up in Vancouver. Right. Which is a super, super small community. I think is there's it? probably four female comedians in the whole scene. You could have cleaned up there. I, yeah, yeah. Actually, some people were like, why are you leaving? We need you to stay. And I was like, well, Toronto is a bigger scene. There's more opportunity. Right, okay. And I had a job waiting for me. Uh, so I moved to Toronto and then I moved over to London. So I'm just further, further west. About a year ago? Exactly a year ago on Friday. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what are you going to do to celebrate? Actually, I'm, I'm in the semifinals of the Funny Women competition. Right. <laughs> so I'll be drinking in Brighton. Yep. With actually some co-workers. They oh. surprised me. They're like, oh, we bought tickets to the show. And I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> rewrite all material about you then. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do some editing. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it looks like it'll be a fun show. Mm. So. Are you going to tell the audience beforehand, it's my one year anniversary, you have to vote for me? Um... 
I, I try to play the I'm Canadian. I don't have any friends. Please vote for me. <laughs> it seemed to, seems to be working so far. Good. How have you found the um, the scene over here compared to Toronto? Um, I know people ask me that a lot, and it's it's hard to think of a uh, a balanced answer because on a bad day when I feel frustrated, yeah. Um, I think British comedy is somehow still attached to panto comedy. Really? Yeah. I see more characters, more joking around, more uh, interaction with the audience. And right. it's still, I wouldn't say childish, but it's more fun. And um, I'm not sure what the word is for it. But in Canada, everything seems to be like we've grown up and we're now past teenage years and we're in our 30s and we're all depressed and talking about all the horrible things in our uh, lives so we're sort of in this dark more pessimistic more personal comedy while you guys are still enjoying your childhood yeah yeah well, as long as that continue <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of puns you guys are fascinated with puns yeah i, I can't write a pun i have one in my show just to just to be, <laughs> just feel to be. part of the scene. Um, and it's always like people groan. I'm like, okay, it's only one. <laughs> it's done. And now we can move on. But um, I think there's only one comedian I know in Toronto that does puns. Yeah. And it's sort of a joke that he's doing puns. Well, here, it's just part of someone's uh, act sometimes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So it's, it's a, you guys are more whimsical. Mm, well, we're more depressed. <laughs> I don't is it know just because there's more of us? We could do, there's more variety. There's more mm. people. So for that one pun person in Canada, there'd be 10 punsters over here. Uh, everybody's doing puns, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> um, but yeah, characters. There's more, definitely more characters. That's not yep. something that's common in Canada. I don't know why. Because okay. is it true that Canadians kind of grow up on a lot of British telly? Like Monty Python and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know, because my parents were British, that that's what they uh, used to show us. So I, I grew up with Postman Pat, right. Faulty Towers, yep. um, Monty Python. My my dad actually went to school with, with the guys from Monty ah. Python. Um, uh, he, he went to Cambridge and was part of Footlights and everything, right. or whatever it's called. And uh, and I'm just assuming he wasn't that good, because he... <laughs> he no, uh, I decided I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. So... But, um, so I think I've always had, yeah, British influence, but I don't know if that's just because my parents or we, I don't know, had nothing else to commission. Um, <laughs> Canadian television is in need of a lot of money. So Yeah. The only, is it, was Kids in the Hall a Canadian one? Yes. We that's had, our, our Monty Python, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we had that over here. The one, one thing I can remember from that was there was one scene where they're working in a coffee shop and the guy's going, he's just talking, but then he's going... I, I can't understand English. Everything I'm saying is I've learned phonetically. Okay. So the whole scene was then played out, you knowing that he has no idea what he's saying. He's just <laughs> saying words, sounds that he's learned. It's really good. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. So. Did you watch a lot of comedy when you were growing up? Um, it it was, it's strange how I actually ended up in comedy, but I always wanted to be a painter. That was that was my goal. Yes. But um. You know, when I was painting, I always listened to podcasts and, you know, people's specials, albums. So yeah. I grew up on uh, Eddie Murphy, Whoa. Billy Connolly. There we go. Excellent. Yeah. Um, 
Although I didn't really understand Eddie Murphy's humor except the ice cream bit. Right. I remember that when I was a kid. <laughs> I had no idea what else he was talking about. And then when I watched it as an adult, I was like, ooh, that was not appropriate. <laughs> um, Pryor was a big one. And then, you know, Louis C.K. and then Jim Jeffries. And um, I did listen to Ricky Gervais' podcast. I used to love, oh, I, there was yeah. one bit where they, Carl was talking about sticking sausages in a toaster. Oh God. And I was, I was at work, I was crying with laughter. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I, I'm, at, you know, um, studying university at, and painting and I'm, you know, painting these really depressing and tortured paintings <laughs> and I'm just laughing hysterically listening to Carl Pilkington, yeah. you know, with a head <laughs> like a fucking orange. But, um, so yeah, uh, I, I don't know really how to explain I guess I'll just tell the whole story. Go on then. Okay. So I was uh, studying painting at university and my thesis was basically about how language is very limiting right. and how when someone experiences a trauma, that trauma is stored in a place outside of language in the brain. So that's why when people have flashbacks to a traumatic event, they can't really describe what they're feeling because right. it's outside of language that it becomes a more a bodily experience. Yeah. So my paintings were all about how can we possibly visually communicate sensations of the body. So I was basically trying to figure out how to, a way to never speak again. Like <laughs> I was just painting in, the, in my little studio, not talking to anyone, but listening to comedy. So um, I went to a comedy show with my brother uh, it was a Jim Jeffries show in Vancouver and uh, somehow I got invited to the after party and a lot of things and drugs happened but um, I met a lot of the comics in the Vancouver scene at that party and all four of them all yes exactly <laughs> it's kind of true um, so they started you know they're like oh audience members so I started getting invites to all the open mics and I started going and as I was watching them I was like I, I have stage fright. I could never go on stage. But in my mind, I was like, well, if I was to do this, what would I talk about? So in my head, I was writing my first set. Right, okay. Then I got really drunk with some of the comics and I said one of my jokes, you know, and uh, feeling really confident. And they're like, oh, that's actually really good. And my friend, um, James Masters, who I'll never forgive him, he said, oh, uh, I really like that joke. I'm going to put it in my act. What? And I just got really mad at him. I was like, you can't take my joke. He was trying to piss me off. And he's like, well, if you get up on stage in one week, tell that joke in a five-minute set, then you get to keep your joke. Otherwise, I get to, right. I get it. It's we okay. signed a contract, everything. <laughs> like, it was official. So I had one week to write five minutes of jokes, including the joke in it. And I was terrified. But I was, I was supposed to be studying for my finals, yeah. and I'm... I'm painting, but I'm also writing dick jokes on the side. I'm like, what have I done with my life? Um, so I went to the open mic. I was terrified. I was white as a ghost. I got a beer. I was sitting in the corner going, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> I didn't tell anyone except yeah. for my brother that I was going there. I didn't want anyone to witness this. I was just like, this is the most embarrassing five minutes of my life. And then it'll be done. It'll be fine. I just can't lose a bet. If someone dares you to do something, you do it, which right. is not good life advice. But... <laughs> Um, so I went up on stage and I don't really remember what happened. Like I sort of, you know, you black out, you're yeah. still talking, but yeah. you're not really there. I actually woke up sort of halfway through my set and I was like, 
is that English? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're still on stage. Oh, no. And so I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And uh, you can't tell any of this through the recording. I, I sort of kept cool. And then I got off stage and I I went up to the host and I apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, thank you so much for booking me. I know this was just a dare and a bed. <laughs> I can go home now. He was like, oh, no, actually, can you come back in two weeks? And I was like, I don't have like <laughs> any more jokes. And he's like, no, you can come back with the same set, but you've rewritten it yeah. and polished it off. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started doing four or five gigs a week while studying for my finals. Jeez, that's straight in the deep end, isn't it? Bang yeah, I was all in. And and I then I decided, well, I love to paint, but I really, really feel like this is mm. what I want to do. So then I moved to Toronto to, to pursue it. And then here I am in London. Woo-hoo. That's pretty good. I think a lot of people go to a comedy night and they go, oh, I could do better than that. <laughs> then, That's just the arrogant delusional yeah. part of ourselves <laughs> that actually we need to carry ourselves through all the rejection. And yeah. Like, oh, just looking back at all those early sets, I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? Thinking. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing now. I know. And I'm thinking, I'm going to think the same thing, you know, two, three years from now. It's like, what kind of show did you bring to Edinburgh? Because <laughs> that was, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping that I improve. Otherwise, you know. I think we're all going to improve, aren't we? That's the delusional part of talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get better. Gonna There's get not going to be a plateau where I just become <laughs> mediocre. I'm just going to continue this skyrocketing <laughs> imp- yeah, my career is going to be fantastic. So how long did you do it in um, Canada for? Um, it, I was three months in Vancouver and then Toronto. So I guess I came here with about two and a half years. Yeah. So it's been, yeah. So I'm just three and a half years. Nice. Yeah. So if you were to compare, if you were starting now in London, do you think it would be harder than it was in Canada? Because there's so much open mic over here so many um, of us i mean there's more stage time here yeah which is why i i mean i i'm i'm friends with a bunch of canadian comics here then yeah. they said yeah there's more stage time there's more show like there's going to be more opportunity yeah. so um but that's because you're already good though um uh, no but i mean i wanted to get better faster yeah. and i was like i'm not getting any younger i might as well just go to london and boom 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 hopefully we'll speed this up yeah so um and that that's why i'm doing my Edinburgh show, I'm basically I'm buying stage time to just, I was like, at the end of it, I have to be better, right? Yeah. If I've just bought like 25 hours of stage time, you know, I I, I better be better after <laughs> all you the doing, money um, I've spent on it. You did Free Fringe. Um, yeah, I'm doing the With Laughing Horse. Right, yep. Yep, so uh, if anyone's out there, I'm at the Counting House at 6.15 every day from August 6th to the 30th. Please come to my show. <laughs> I'm there from the 8th to the 13th. Okay. So I'll come and watch. Yeah, wait. I haven't got a show. Yeah, we'll... I'm just going to go do some spots. Do some spots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so this is your first Edinburgh then? Um, I, I came over last year and did spots on people's shows. Um, so I sort it? of observed everything where I was like, oh, I can see where people are making mistakes and what to do. And I'm hoping that I'm not making the same <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> How long did you stay out last time? Uh, I stayed for the whole month. I did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could only stay a week. Oh, yeah. 
Not enough, is it? No. <laughs> I mean, halfway through it, you're like, oh my God, I've decided to be here a whole month. But then at the end of it, you're like, oh, okay, so I'm going to do this next year. And you're yeah. like, it's, it's the delusional part. Like, oh, I can, I can do this again. Even though in the middle of it, you're like, please kill me. Yeah, your um, Edinburgh post is one of the most striking I've seen so far. Oh, good. good. I've, I've put it in the uh, comedy awards yeah. uh, competition. So I'm hoping other people one. agree. I what? didn't even know there was a competition for Edinburgh posters. Yep, yep. Which so. one stood out for you last year? I don't know. I mean, the one that la- won last year, I think, was... Um, was it Holly Burns' poster? I can't remember. Damn. I don't know. None of this is useful. But please vote for me this year. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Comedy <laughs> posters awards, uh, dot com. I don't know what the <laughs> website is. but Did you paint it yourself? No, actually, um, it's a wonderful, fantastic artist from Toronto. Ah, so I just assumed he, you did it yourself. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not that good at all. Um, but no, Kurt Furla is is fantastic. So he he told me about the competition. So I was like, you're gonna get most of the money, but I'll definitely promote it <laughs> if you can just give me a discount on the next one if we win. Yeah. And it's called. I can't remember what's called it. My show is called Conscious Incompetence. That's it. Yeah, I knew it had a C and an I. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could spell so many things. <laughs> like, cunt idiot. Um, but uh, no, conscious incompetent. It's uh, ha- one of my horrible therapists from my past diagnosed me as a conscious incompetent. She said, you're aware of all your problems, but you're unable to fix any of Right. Them. Okay. So the show is just all about the many, many mistakes that I've made. How many didn't make the cut? Oh, there's a long <laughs> list. <laughs> or I was like, oh, I can do a show next year. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've just picked the most embarrassing and horrible ones so far. Has it all been working so far? All the previews going okay? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it, it's been really good. I did the Brighton Fringe, which was sort of my workshopping, yeah. figuring out, rewriting every day, panicking. What have I done? Um, so I've sort of got the structure of it. And then um, I've done a couple previews in London. I've won on Thursday, Ooh. joking aside. But I don't know if this is coming out afterwards. Be after. Yeah. Anyways, it was a fantastic <laughs> preview. Thank you so much to everyone that came out. Really helped me out. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's fun. It, it's been strange also because uh, my dad's been posting on Facebook like, hey, Kevin's doing a preview. So all his friends have been showing up. Okay. And I sort of have it explained, well... My dad's never seen the show, so he doesn't know how much I talk about him. And you're going to learn a lot of things you didn't want to know about my family. Um, so it's been a little awkward. Has it been a while, though? Um, I think so. I don't know what emails they're sending him privately uh, going. Yeah, so Catherine needs to be back in therapy. You need to shut this down. Um, that, that's what comedy's for, right? Embarrassing your family. I don't think I do. I think I've got a bit about me mum and cross-dressing. I used to dress my brother up as a girl. Really? Because I have two brothers. I didn't have a sister, so... Are they older or younger? Um, older brother, younger brother. Right. So my younger brother is two years younger than me. Um, so I used to do his hair, I'd do his nails, makeup, put him in a dress. I'd do photo shoots to take photos of him. And um, and now he's an actor, so he still puts on makeup, puts on clothes. Uh, <laughs> and so I yes, I, <laughs> I I feel very responsible for his his life choices. I made you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the um, which funny is it the funny women competition. Yes. How's that been 
so far? What's the competition like? The actual, the other contestants like? Um, it's been great. Like I, I didn't know most of the women in yeah. in my first heat, and I don't really know many of the women in in the semi final. So it's sort of kind of fantastic having us all together because usually we're there's just one or maybe two of us on a show we're sort of spread out across yeah. everything so uh it it had a very different sort of vibe yeah where everyone's sort of hanging out talking to each other we'll really sometimes when i walk into a room full of comedians and it's all guys and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> gotta put some armor up you know we're just as nice as women. No, you're very, you're <laughs> wonderful. Um, there's only, there's always one that ruins it where you're like, oh, okay. Oh, you're right. that guy. Right. I forgot that I have boobs. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, uh, I mean, it is interesting that um, I never really heard about this whole women aren't funny until I started comedy. Right. Because like growing up, I remember there was like an all-female comedy show that I watched over and over and over again. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, there must have been a reason why I was obsessed with this. But it was just so fantastic seeing these wonderful women. And then... Was it an English show or Canadian? No, it was an American show. Oh, right. Okay. So it was Paula Poundstone, <laughs> uh, Rita Rugner, um, Ellen DeGeneres maybe. Um, but... Uh, I didn't realize that, yeah, that there's this sense that, oh, no, women are separate or, or different until I walked into it. And I was like, oh, oh, there's so few women and, oh, I'm going to be treated differently. That was the first time where I, I really felt the sexism like thrown into my face. Like I was doing a very well-known competition. Please don't look at my CV um, <laughs> in in Toronto where... Uh, there was probably four women in the whole competition, but every time the host was about to introduce one of the female comedians, he would say, oh, now for something different, this is a female comedian coming to the stage. And so he would sort of draw attention yeah. like, oh, this isn't comedy. This is female comedy as something different. And so I went backstage before I was being introduced and I said, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't announce my gender in the introduction. So he went on stage and said, well, this next comedian didn't want me to mention that she's female. And I was like, you just threw me under the bus. Uh. Um, but that really sets up the audience to think that this is something different or to approach it in a different way. So we just need more women out there. It'd be good when one day the argument is people with brown hair aren't funny. You know, something that is just completely irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because sexism seems more accepted than racism because uh, a host wouldn't be able to say, hey, something different. We've got a, <laughs> a wonderful uh, comedian from Nigeria. You know, that's not gonna, Whoa. Um, people would be shocked by that. But when it's like, oh, you know, this next comedian is going to charm your dick, which is an introduction <laughs> I have heard. Um, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ooh. And um, so there was actually a big, um, I a little controversy. There was a big argument in the Toronto scene where um, there was a group of female comics that I felt were sort of perpetuating the victimhood of female comics within the community. Yeah. And I very publicly sort of stated that um, 
if we continue to see ourselves as victims, then we're going to be treated like victims. So what we need to do is infiltrate, be part of these rooms. Like these, they were saying that all these male comedy rooms were unsafe rooms and that we needed to make safe rooms for just females. And I was like, no, then you're ghettoizing yourself and further separating yourself as something different and not part of the community. So we need to just go into all those rooms and make them safer if they're not safe but we just need to be part of the community and then talk about this rather than hide it and exclude people and so basically i was no longer invited into these safe rooms (laughs) and i was like aren't they supposed to be safe rooms where you're allowed to voice your opinions and it was instead taken as an attack while really i was trying to have a discussion and i invited one of these comics to go onto a podcast to talk about it and she declined so i was like oh there's no conversation it's either your way or the highway so uh that was also another reason i was like hmm, <laughs> maybe london would be a great place that really tolerant city <laughs> yes and then i was like Ooh, oh you guys are even more vocal about <laughs> about sexism but um i mean there's also uh the other side of the issue is affirmative action is not helping us either. Where, you know, there's the one woman per panel rule yeah, that the BBC has has made. Which, okay, yes, we need more female comics being visible and in television and making television, being part of it, writing, everything. However, if you're going to use affirmative action to make that happen, you're going to push up comics that are maybe not ready to be on a panel yeah. and then that sabotages their career because they're only maybe a couple years in they're not ready to handle you know being beside a comedian that's been there for 15 years and then people look on the tv and go yeah females aren't funny because they're not ready for that step i mean it's sort of a good thing to be a female in the community <laughs> where i'm like oh okay i'm gonna get on more shows because you need a girl yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to be pushed into a situation where I'm not ready for it and then I'm just going to crash and burn. So how do we get more females involved without putting people in the deep end? We just need to prepare them more. Tricky, isn't it? Yeah. I don't have the answers. I thought I was supposed to find answers. (laughs) You told me there would be answers. I told you there would be German I asked the question. (laughs) And there's no answers. Please. Uh, we're going to take a caller. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's the whole argument of my size. Like, oh, I'm an average white guy. There's loads of us. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can't really sympathize. <laughs> That's the other thing. Just be funny and then you'll do well. Yeah, that was my argument. I was like, just be funny. Mm. And then keep being funny. Like, don't. Make yourself a victim and then you're like, oh, well, we deserve to have all these things because we're being persecuted. Well, no, just prove that you deserve them. Yeah. I think it was, who was it? That Steve Martin said, be so good they can't ignore you. Yes. Yes. This is, um, I mean, I've re- been rejected for shows and I keep those emails in my inbox where I'm like, one day they're gonna, I'm going to be undeniable and they'll have to book me. Did you get rejected because you weren't good enough though? Uh, maybe. <laughs> no one wants to admit that. I mean, that. everyone's had a bad show, <clears throat> it's a bad situation, no. or you're nervous, or, or you know, 
I don't, I have no idea, but I'm just in my delusional thoughts. I'm like, I'm going to be great. And they're going <laughs> to, they're going to regret this. Like, like ever being rejected by every single boy in high school. You're like one day <laughs> I'm going to come back here and sleep with all of you. <laughs> and I did yeah, check them off one by one. <laughs> Unless you want to do a name check and we'll uh, come back in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, could go, I couldn't go to the comedy store and do 10 minutes. I would just die on my ass. Um, you've done the gong show? Yeah, everyone's done the gong show. Oh my goodness. That was the first time crying in Leicester Square sober. But, um... <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh, it, I, I, it was just a horrible experience. I was also, I just arrived here. I was at the near the end of the show. They were very drunk. They were already yelling when I stepped on stage. Did you, you didn't see the show before you did it yourself though? No, I just ah, walked okay, into yeah. this going, oh, yeah. this is going to be great. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. So that was a that was a lesson learned. I need to go back to at least be like, okay, I know what it is and I'm prepared for it. Exactly. It's just a lot of my jokes are are longer form. I don't have the one two punch yeah. which you kind of yeah, last, need to hit them. Last time I was there I saw two people who are brilliant got gonged off pretty much straight away. Just because their style is slow. Yeah. It just doesn't fit with Yeah, it's sort of alpha comedy. It's like, I I liken it to a Roman Colosseum. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Brutality. But as long as you know that, then... Yeah, it's entertaining to watch, though. Because <laughs> we all hate ourselves, but we also hate everyone else. You're like, ah, they failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we're horrible people. So how many um, times a week are you gigging at the moment? As many as I can. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I try to, like, at least five. Um, that's, a, that's good. Yeah, it's exhausting. By the yeah. weekend, I'm I'm just dead to the world, and I I sleep all all Saturday. Like I I wake up at six thirty, go to my job, and then I write in the boardroom for a couple hours, and then I go to a show, Did and then I, I get that? home at like midnight, one o'clock, sleep for a couple hours, and I just do it over and over again. And then Saturday, I'm like, please kill me. So you do two hours of writing at work? Yeah, I try to rewrite stuff. That? Yes, they they found out when I stayed really late one night, and they're like, "Oh, you what, what are you doing?" Work. Yeah, it's after work. Right, yeah, not, yeah. not one o'clock. No, right, not two not. hours off. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do anything not work related at work <laughs> on record. I have said that I am not googling anything. Um, I've never heard of anyone staying at work and writing stuff. It, yeah, because if I go home, I'm just gonna. Shut go down. on the internet or google something but if i go into a boardroom then i'm like just there with the paper and uh, i have to write something and and everyone sort of peeks their head in and i'm like are you writing jokes about us and i'm like no <laughs> you are not interesting people <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so is that, is that every day then you do that um yeah i mean sometimes the writing is just trying to memorize yeah. stuff or it is just um you know, me crying in a boardroom going, what have I done with my life? Um, but yeah, no, I like to have that that sort of space to rewrite stuff. But I mean, now that I've got my show, I'm just focusing on the jokes in the show and trying to finesse that stuff. Yeah. So there's there's new ideas that are like waiting and percolating where after the show, I'm like, oh, I get to talk about something new. Yeah, I've got a little joke I'm working on. I'm going to try tonight. I'm quite excited about yeah. It always just go really well the first time you do it, and it's never as good afterwards. Um, I mean, 
mean, it depends. Some, sometimes there's a joke that just comes out fully formed and it's yeah. like perfect. I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> Can it happen all the time like this? Um, but then uh, there's other jokes where you have the idea, but you have to rewrite it like so many different times until you finally, it all clicks together and you're like, oh, okay, now it works. But you can't give up on it. No. Do you have yeah. that with um, doing the artwork? You paint a picture and it goes, oh, that was rubbish. I'm going to do that one again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've done a series of of paintings where I look at the first one. I'm like, oh, it's a good idea. But then you do it over and over and over again. You draw it. You paint it. And then finally you get it to a, a stage where you're like, okay, I'm done with that set of Im- imagery. And then I can move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes you look at an idea and you're like, ooh, I should never try that again. <laughs> What was I thinking? And that's when you burn it. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever burnt any jokes? Uh, yeah, there's some ripped up. <laughs> but the thing is, that's the horrible thing about YouTube. Uh, when I, you know, when I started, my parents were like, "Well, we need to see something what you're working on." So I put on these, put up these early videos, and then now I'm like, "Oh, I have to take those down. Like, no one needs to know that ever happened." Private yeah. links. That's what you need. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had known that. <laughs> so how long do you think you'll stay over here? Permanent or? Because um, my, my student loan gets written off when I'm 65. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it to 65. <laughs> um, um, I'm not sure. There, there really isn't a plan. Um, I'm going back to uh, Canada for a brief visit. Um, hopefully the government of Canada doesn't know that, <laughs> uh, but, uh, cause my dad is getting remarried and I'm going to do some shows, see what it's like being back there. Yeah. But, um, I plan on, on, on coming back. Yeah. Um, I want to stay here for a while until, you know, I piss off enough people and then I have to move <laughs> further to, I don't know, Berlin. <laughs> That's What's got a scene I've heard. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I heard it's 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 growing there, but um, yeah, no, I don't have many options of where to go. Yeah, is so there, is, there seems to be more Canadians and Americans over here. Yeah, it's just paperwork is is so much yeah. easier, and I think America just has a scene where people just move to New York or yeah. or L.A. And I don't know if they really conceptually think outside of you know yeah. the states are like oh this is where stand-up comedy is they don't think oh there's like a whole other you know world yeah. outside of them well canada we're always looking like how the hell do we get out of this really? ice box <laughs> you know where is it warm <laughs> i mean london it rains at least it's not snowing you know like so um is it because we both got the queen as head of state yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um that probably makes it easier but i mean also i had the passport so Yes. It was just easy to come over here and work. Let and me through, motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, I lived here when I was 19, so um, I think so I... five years ago. Yes. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> seems like yesterday <laughs> that I lost my virginity <laughs> in Camden. So um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But uh, no, I, I think in my back of my mind, I always thought about coming back here and this was a really good excuse. Do you think, have you changed your materials uh, for a British audience? I've changed uh, couch to sofa. I know what a couch is. I know, but I said couch at, at a show and someone was like, what? 
and i'm like oh like a chesterfield you know like <laughs> um so that was just an audience member and you gotta trust your audience uh but i don't know i don't have a lot of specifically canadian isms right. although uh, i did a, a you know canada day show with some other canadians and it was really nice to have canadian references and canadian slang and and uh so it would be nice to go back home and be like <laughs> hey hosers um i say you know, what's this english eight? girl doing on here yeah exactly <laughs> um but i guess uh, growing up with my parents being british I, you know i've always had like a hybrid in my brain of different words and and everything and i don't think i have a lot of pop references um except beyonce you know that's pretty universal yeah, Beyonce's Universal. Well, if you liked um, Forty Towers, you can throw some of those references out. Yeah, do young kids know about Forty Towers? Like, I feel like that will age me. Like, it will date me a little bit. Maybe a little bit. A little Danger bit. Mouse. Did you watch Danger Mouse? Mm, it's is that a cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, because that's just that. been re, re redone. Oh, okay. Ah. See, because everyone our age is now redoing all our childhood, yeah. you know, <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like everything's being redone because we're yeah. like, oh, this is how I wanted to yeah. see it done. But it's, we need some new ideas. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Danger Mouse, The Clangers. Did you watch The Clangers? Oh, I thought you said The Clan. No, the <laughs> and I was like, no, I gotta go. <laughs> uh... So in 30 years time, we'll be able to do our old jokes again. Yay! <laughs> I've seen Seinfeld do 20 year old jokes. Yeah, but that's that Seinfeld. Like, he. I mean, some of it is timeless, you know. Shampoo you is always in shampoo. Chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's the What's the best gig you've done so far over here? Mm, I just did Jonglers. That was really Ooh. fun. Is that yeah. that's still going? Because there's a big controversy about them not paying people or anything. Uh, or did it change? I mean, I've heard that they've caught up right. now. That everything is back to date um but don't necessarily quote me mm. but that's the rumor <laughs> i've heard that everything is being sorted out now with like the collective union yeah and all of that um but no junglers was really fun. which one was it uh camden Ooh. was it a bit of a rough crowd or was it actually they were lovely yeah. and sweet yeah it, it was only you know 10 minutes i was on there short and sweet that was easy. The last time I went to Junglers was as a punter about 10 years ago down in Southampton on a mm-hmm. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a lot of stag dudes, Hindus. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it can get rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is a room that I want to get booked in again? Let me see. Um, uh, I have done Top Secret. That's a really great club. One great over club. in Holborn. Um, yeah, on Jury Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice venue yeah. as well. Um, Piccadilly uh, Comedy Club. Yeah, right down the street from the store. Yeah, that that's a fantastic room. Um, so that that was fun. And then um, Soho Comedy Club. I did the the casino. That was really good. Mm. That was nice. What's been yeah. worse then? Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. Worst show I've ever done. God, I've really blanked it out. I think I've repressed it. Was it over here or in Canada? I have had, yeah. When you're starting out, you just, you have no idea what you're doing. And then you get off stage and you're like, that wasn't so bad. And then people are like, oh, you bombed. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so that's why I feel this bad, you know? You try to make yourself feel better. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Oh, it was good. 
guy comics get heckled, but female comics, we get heckled, but there's also sexual harassment heckling, which is something that it's so hard to explain to a, a guy comic how that is some. It's so much harder to defend yourself when someone's like, suck my dick, which is different than you suck, you know, something you can deal with. But that is just it's too much and it's overwhelming and it is um, abusive, which is hard when you're trying to be in control on the stage and you're having these things yelled out at you and it it um, is something I still don't know how to deal with. We've not got a back catalog of just put downs. There you go. Put them in their place. I should work on that, but really, that's a horrible thing to sit down and write. Okay, <laughs> if someone says that I should fuck their friend, what do I say? Uh, yeah, okay, that's my homework. Is <laughs> the next two hours, right? How to respond to sexual harassment <laughs> on stage, which is really something a female comic shouldn't be worried about. But it, uh, you know, some clubs they don't have security, they don't, don't control it, and it just it happens and you're like oh it's part of the show i'm like no that that is not part of the show is that not the fault the mc shouldn't he be controlling everyone ideally yeah yeah who's been your favorite mc so far over here there's a lot of great ones like you hosting is very different here than it is in canada really in canada i mean you hosts do a little bit talking to the crowd like hey is it anyone's birthday is anyone celebrating anything like standard kind of stuff yeah um but then they just do jokes they do they're set well here i sort of noticed that it's more get to know the crowd like what do you do what's your name who's this are you married like it's really get to know the crowd while in canada i think we're more reserved we're like oh no one knows that i'm here like i'm not going to talk to anyone Uh i don't know if that's it but here it's very much more crowd work and not as many like just set jokes do you prefer that to the canadian way uh, I mean, I used to host a show, a weekly show, so that was my time to work on jokes. Yeah. Which was like every every week I had to have five minutes of new material. So I was just working that out, and the audience, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't care about you at all. I just need to figure out where to put this dick joke. But... Um, which is something I really need to work on is is crowd work. And that is something I will have to learn really fast for Edinburgh because you're going to be in a room full of people and you're hosting yourself. And um, it's awkward for me because stand-up comedy is a way to have a conversation, but it's a one-way conversation yeah. where I don't really feel comfortable having the audience be the other side of that conversation. It's so strange because... If I get off stage and people are talking to me, I'm like, this is terrifying because this <laughs> this person is interacting with me and this is like a sense of intimacy. While yep. on the stage, I'm like, it's just me. I'm in control and no one should interrupt me because I'm going to say what I want to say. But like the interaction is it's just it's terrifying, which is something I don't think a lot of audience members understand because yep. when you get off stage, you're like, you're not like the person on stage <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really not good at talking with people. I'm good at talking to people. Has comedy not helped with that? It's helped me talk to people outside of... I, I don't know. Like, the version of myself on stage is an accentuated, animated version of myself. Yeah. Like, me drunk, you know? I think where I'm like, oh, I'm confident. It's great. But I got off stage and then I'm like, oh... Um, everyone can see 
how vulnerable <laughs> I really am, and it's awkward. And um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not good with people. <laughs> so this is a perfect situation for you to be in. Then. Yes, to be <laughs> around people, but there's like a big air bubble, which is the stage. I have intimacy issues. That's basically <laughs> what we're trying to deal with. <laughs> so I'm just going to be quiet for the next five minutes and I'll, I'll just let you talk. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> I wish I was more natural on stage. So that's something I still need to work on of being more myself and more present instead of just trying to, I guess, disguise how terrified I am. You're still terrified on stage, surely. Oh, yeah, the whole time. It's like a duck in water where I'm like, I'm talking. It looks like I'm fine. I'm comfortable. And instead, I'm like, inside, I'm like, what have I done? Oh, my God. What am I doing? You're still on stage. It's still like the first set I ever did where I'm just panicking. And then I get off stage and I'm just exhausted. I'm like, I need to go home, be by myself and eat crisps. Please do not disturb me. (laughs) It hasn't got any better. It must have done, surely. You must have got Um, used to it. It's getting better, but it's still exhausting. I think because naturally I'm an introvert. So being on stage does take a lot out of me or I just feel exhausted. Yeah. I've done a few gigs where you come off stage, you just go, oh, I'm so tired now. Yeah. There's so much work. Yeah. Especially when you've had a horrible day and you're like, I, please, someone make me laugh because I'm crying <laughs> inside. But that, that's the part of the job. You just have to switch it on and go, I love everybody. How Let's far... talk about my depression. <laughs> How far away do you think you are from doing it full time? Uh, I'm hoping if Edinburgh goes successful, yep. Lee, um, I, I mean, my goal is to have hopefully an agent by the end of the year. Nice. Putting like the secret, put those ideas out there and it'll <laughs> happen, guys. Uh, yeah, so I, I would love to have an agent to help me get better gigs and get yeah. into better competitions or just... He's talking to anyone yet. Um, there's there's some... I've sent out my press releases to everyone and some agencies have come back and said that they'll try to see my show. I'm hoping yeah. that they will come see the show and love the show and be like, yes, we want to force you into the deep end and onto a tv show no uh i mean i would i just want to be able to do this full time but i don't know how long that's gonna take i just want to be better and i want to be good enough to do that full time i think good enough so far from what i've seen i am fooling everybody (laughs) that's sweet (laughs) awesome because i mean i mean my dream situation would be to be able to paint during the day do shows at night and be able to work on a script. That's my dream. And I just need some money to do that. <laughs> um, that's so wants. I need some gigs <laughs> to pay for. Um, some paint and a word processing, processing tool to write a script. That's, that's all I need, right? Yeah. Just a lot, a lot of money and time. That's, that's the thing that I don't have right now is working a full-time job is having the time to do what I really want to do. But soon. I hope soon. So. <laughs> um, so please come to my show. <laughs> yes. So Once I've, you know, re- rewritten it all yeah. and it's really funny. <laughs> Talking of time, mm. we're running out of it. Oh no. Am I supposed to be at my gig in like five minutes? Like what time uh, is it? Unless you're supposed to be at your gig at 18.39. Oh, okay. I think yeah, I'm okay. good. Yeah, I have no idea. People stop listening after an hour. 
<laughs> this is where we can ruin all the movies. Exactly. Be like, you know what happens at the Kaiser end of... Kaiser Soze is, is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no! <laughs> right, so that's it for this show. Okay, that was good. That was like, that went I told you it'd be fun. I told you it'd be fun. Quick and easy. I wasn't even drinking for I it. I know, there's a beer in the fridge for you. Oh, sweet. Just remind everyone when your show is in, in Edinburgh. It is at the Counting House every day from August 6th to the 30th at 6.15. And it's a one-hour show. Please come. Otherwise, it'll be just me crying in a room. <laughs> but I need an audience to watch me cry in a room. But, uh, but yeah, it's my debut solo show. So I'm excited about it, but I'm nervous. And I, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward Who to it. Who knows what will happen? Sure, be great. Well, that's it for me. That's it for me. All right, see you later. <laughs> Bye. Uh, cheerio. <laughs>